We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal episode 199. We are almost there, episode 200. I hope it's going to be a good one. I was getting nervous on those big ones. Am I doing something special enough? Well, this week, I think is good enough that maybe I don't need to do something special. So the, the title for this episode is Core Values Help Us to Say No. And like we hear about that, but Drew, I'm going to continue my conversation with him from last week. And he is going to talk about how that actually happens, even going so far as to remove the most requested class at a school. That's pretty awesome. And I am excited to uh, be continuing talking with him. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy this interview with Drew Williams and please take a moment and share this episode with someone else so that they can learn the awesome things that you are. Did you share it? Okay, go ahead and share it real quick. Not if you're driving, don't do it if you're driving, but share it with somebody else. Thank you so much. Here's the interview. So um, one of the things that you said that we just kind of breezed over earlier was you talked about the, uh, what'd you call them? The core values, which are collaborative design, candid feedback, and original work. And I imagine that you didn't come up with those originally, but do you know the story of how those came up and how are you continuing to push that now in your second year? So in December of last year, we had a faculty meeting and, and said, hey, we've ordered, we've ordered the book Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull, which is the kind of the Pixar story. And we are going to work as a team to answer the question, why to a con? 
we always need to be asking the question, why? Why are we teaching what we're teaching? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why, you know, why does, why does Tuacon exist? Why is it different than other schools in the area, in the region, in the country? And, and so we wanted to answer that question. And, and as I got here a year ago, I was informally asking teachers and students and parents and community members why Tuacon and, and, uh, and we got a thousand, you know, for every person I asked, I got a different response Yeah, <laughs> and, and realized that, you know, like many schools, sure, there's a mission statement or a vision statement that's, you know, that's uh, framed and, and in the office, but do the students and, and faculty members and parents and community, do they know really what that means? And so that, that's what we set out. We, it was to answer one question, why to a con and, and, and to be, it was open to all of the faculty members and really to be a part of that group. Um, the only rec- prerequisites were that you had to read Creativity Inc. Um, and we were going to use that as our language to have the conversation because Ed Catmull talks a lot about transformation and change and, and feedback in that book. And so we wanted to, we wanted to have a work or a text that we could land back on. So it wasn't uh, personal necessarily. So we use that as our text. And then the other, only the only other uh, prerequisite was that you had to commit to come to the, to the meetings so that you were engaged in all of the conversation. And uh, so we had those set out January, February, March. So um, we had 16 we had 16 uh, faculty members that, uh, that joined in that conversation. And, and through that conversation, hundreds and hundreds of hours of work, we decided really on four areas that we, that we needed help with. And one of them was our grading policy, which was, you know, if a student went to eight different classes, they had eight different grading policies. Yeah. And some were weighted, some weren't, some were compliance-based, some weren't. We looked at attendance. Uh, attendance at our school was much like it is in public education. Although this is a choice school that they can come to if they want to, why was our attendance, you know, where it was? So as we kind of looked at those things and started researching, one of the aspects was is that for every piece of information that, or, or every change that you want to make or update, it has to be based on evidence, not not just out of other high schools or talk to college professors, talk to the deans of, of college. We actually reached out and had a conversation with uh, NYU and their uh, musical theater department chair and talked to him about what it would take to get students into that program and what he's looking for in terms of, of uh, future students and what they can and should be able to do. So, through all this work, we, we really toiled to come up with what are our core values? What, what is it that, we, that, that will dictate what we do as a school? And not only what we do, but what we don't do. Because I think that's the harder part of saying is, is being able to say no. Because there's a lot of shiny things out there and companies that do amazing things. And they'll come in and say, hey, why don't you try this? I promise that you'll get a 10% increase in your math scores if you just try this program. And, you know, we've seen it. And, and a lot of them are fantastic. But we needed a set of core values that would guide those decisions. And, uh, and, as, a, and as a group, that's, we came up with, with those three things 
Um, we did research at Etsy. Uh, we, we visited Etsy and, and toured and talked to, uh, to many of their employees and executive team. We, uh, we talked with many from Apple, from Google, from Adobe, and we realized that this idea of collaboration, being able to do cross-curricular and, and think outside of the box when solving problems was a common theme with all of the research that we did. This idea of really getting and giving candid feedback, this idea of radical candor was intertwined in everything that we, that we looked at. And then this idea of original work, just not regurgitating something that's in the book or, but actually truly thinking about what, what matters to our population, to our students, to our teachers, to our community, and how do we look at different pieces of, of evidence and work and text and come up with our own original work to support that. Man, I, I just love everything that you're saying because it is, it is so much what we need to have in our schools, uh, just plain and simple. So it seems like there's long process to go through. And I, I apologize for thinking that those were already there. The way you said them made it sound like that has been Tuacon's core values for, for some time, which, you know, just reiterates how much effort you've put into to getting that. But like, what were, what were some of the challenges of coming up with those core values? And obviously that took time, that took money, that took other kinds of expenses. What were some of the challenges that you faced in doing that? I want to say first and foremost, man, we had such a, an amazing group of, of faculty members who were, who were bought into this and to this, again, to this idea and this process. And, but it was tough. It, it, it was tough. I mean, we've been around for, you know, 17 years and, and I think, I think just we're comfortable in, in what we were doing and, and students were comfortable. Parents were comfortable. Teachers were comfortable and and there's there's comfort in being comfortable, right? You know what to expect each day. You know what to expect from students. You know what to expect from faculty members, from administrators, from parents. And so that was a challenge. You know, um, there were a lot of questions. We we completely uh, redid our schedule. We were on an A B block. Um, we're not now. We're on a hugely hybrid schedule. We go to school now from eight to four. We have our auditioned performing and visual art classes actually now are working towards performances within the school day. And awesome. um, (laughs) we don't have bells anymore. So we disrupted status quo. And, and as we were going through that kind of in that philosophical or hypothetical world, it's easy to talk about. It becomes really difficult to say, okay, we're going to do it now because you know, that meant that, uh, you know, we're not using textbooks that are 10, 15 years old. We're, we're, we're going to look at uh, English texts that are current and, you know, that students want to read, that they're excited about reading, that, that means something to their life, that we're going to attack social justice issues that, uh, that are hard. They're hard conversations that require a keen ability to facilitate hard conversations. And then just, you know, students, the, just that idea of unknown, the uncertainty, the, you know, this is how everything has worked for so many years. 
now we're kind of turning that upside down. So, so we did, we had a few teachers that, uh, that decided that it wasn't for them. And, uh, and there was no hard feelings. I think that that's important to say they, for whatever reason, they were nervous and, and moved on to it, to a different, uh, to a different school and wish them all, all the luck. And, but we found that there was, uh, we kind of awoke in our faculty, this idea of learning. And so many of our faculty forgot what it felt like to go home and read a book that they were excited about that was going to impact them and, and they could share with students or that they were going to learn with their students. And it was okay if a student said, hey, what does this mean? And for the teacher to say, I don't know, but let's figure it out. I have no idea. I've never heard of that, but it sounds interesting. So let's, let's go for it. To be co-learners rather than experts, I think that made that was a challenge in that it made some faculty members nervous and that it just absolutely inspired others. That is just so, so intriguing. I love that idea of awaking in the teachers a renewed joy in the process of learning. And I know for me, like that's what this podcast and the leadership summit that I do, that's what those have been for me is they they have certainly awoken this joy in learning that I really tried to never not have, you know, and it, uh, I'm just so excited. I've got like a million questions. I don't even know, (laughs) know where to start and we're running out of time. But I think the thing that I want to do to just, just kind of put a bow on it is, is recognize that once you have some core values in place, then a lot of other decisions become easy choices. And, you know, you, you've been there for a short time, you're making some pretty significant changes, but those didn't come from nothing. They came from a lot of hard work and recognizing what your values were. But then once you have your core values in place and you can talk about them, then it seems like it's a pretty logical next step to take action to show that your actions reflect your core values. Can you just comment on that? I'm I'm fumbling around, but I'm sure you've got a better way to say that. Yeah, that... Again, it goes back to that original question, why to a con? And, and I would suggest, and it's hard. That's a hard question to answer. And I don't think you ever really arrive at the absolute answer. I think you, the, the goal is to strive to arrive at that answer. And that question in and of itself, in, in whatever context you put it, why to a con, why college, why math, why geometry, I mean, whatever you want to say, I think that that question is creates uncertainty, but it's that it's through that uncertainty that you can that that you can really start driving towards the solution of why. But that's a, it's a difficult question to ask because we don't we don't ever want to say, oh man, I, you know, I've been in this I've been in this field, I've been doing this work for you know fifteen years or twenty years or, or thirty years, and to admit. Oh man, I've got to I've got to pivot now and do something different. That's, that's a tough thing to do. But like I said, when you have a set of core values that was formed kind of through this collective efficacy, through this group work and hard work, and I and I'll tell you, we sat in some of those meetings, and you know, there was a lot of candor, there was a lot of uh, emotion. Um, some of those meetings got intense and I would keep saying, 
they need to be intense because if they're not, if we're not emotionally passionate about what we're talking about, then obviously it's not important. And that means that we're going to fight about it. And if we're not fighting about it, then it's not important and we shouldn't be doing it. And that was tough. But once it's been so nice to use these core values, and again, to use the core values to say what we're not going to do. And some of those were, you know, we're not going to teach this class anymore because it doesn't align to our core values. And, you know, the question was, well, that's the most requested class that we have on campus. And the response is, it may well be, but it doesn't attach to the vision and the core values of what we do. It's not a decision for me as a principal to say, I don't like you or I don't like this class. It's because that has nothing to do with it. It's, you know, and I remember having this, I mean, this is a true, true story. I remember having the conversation with the teacher and, and asking the teacher, does this class meet our vision and does it help our core values? Does it, does it align to the core values? And the teacher said, it doesn't. I understand and I'm okay with letting go of that class. And that's tough. That's a hard, yeah. I mean, that's a hard thing to say to a teacher who has invested time and energy and work and research into a class. And then conversely, to, to be able to say, we are going to do this because it, because it attaches to our core values. And so to me, it takes the personal out of it in, in a way, but it aligns, it aligns everyone. And so, you know, it's an easy question to ask. Does this, does this align to the core values? Is it aligned to our vision? Does it align to the why? And a lot of times the teachers will go, no, it doesn't. Never mind. I'm sorry I brought it up. Because we all have great ideas and we want to run those ideas. But it's, it's just an easy, quick gut check for us that, that we didn't have before. Well, you know, that, that is really I, just so exciting on so many different levels and in so many different ways. I just think there's so much value in recognizing what your core values are and then making decisions based on that. And you mentioned, you know, just as an aside, core values help us say no before, but then you really, you know, brought that home right there at the end where you talked about not having a particular class because it doesn't align with the core values. And that is just incredibly powerful. So uh, Drew, thank you so much for your time today. I have learned a ton and I'm inspired. So uh, thank you. The last question I ask is, what is one thing a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Huh, wow, that's, that, that's a question right there. <laughs> never, never stop learning. I mean, I could, I could list some amazing principals and teachers and, and educators and business leaders that I connect with on a daily basis to ask questions. Hey, what, you know, what do I do in this, this circumstance? And I think just being willing to push pause and, and then, and go to amazing leaders and, and uh, visionaries in, in your community and outside of the community to, to just ask the question to get guidance is, has been tremendously useful for me and, and helped kind of shape this vision and this. And I'll say, that I've, you know, I've called some, some of my trusted colleagues and, and oftentimes I get, Drew, that's ridiculous. I, I can't even believe you asked me that question, but it's a solid gut check because we have great ideas and some of those ideas are good and some of them are bad. And so I just think that, you know, the more we network, the more that we're in this together and, and building together is, is absolutely the most valuable piece. 
Yeah, that that's awesome. So speaking of networking, how can people connect with you and network with you? The best way, um, and, and it's been huge for me, is, is on Twitter and, uh, and love connecting with, with uh, folks on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is Dr. Drew Williams and um, would love to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being part of the Transformative Principle Podcast. Thank you so much. Really awesome conversation with Drew. I'm so glad that you are here to listen to it. Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. If you uh, have any questions, I would love for you to reach out to me at Jethro Jones on Twitter or drop me an email, jethro at paperlessprinciple.com or you can even call me, 801-7-JETHRO. That's my phone number. Cool, huh? Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and thanks for all you do. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.